This is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to episode number 12 of Amber on Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. It's a great day. Aren't they all? Well, not all of them, actually. But today is really great because I have fantastic information to share with you guys. And it's going to come straight from my heart, the heart, the one and only heart of mine. And I can't wait to tell you about it. So let's start the show. Hidden Brain is an episode, a podcast that you've heard me cover before. I'm going to cover it again here this week because this podcast is speaking to me so heavily lately. It's like all of my life experiences, they can see me, they know me, they see what I'm doing and how I'm feeling and they're giving me the tools with which I need to live my life. It's my duty, it's my promise, it's my dedication and my life's purpose on this earth to share with you what I've learned. And what I've learned this week from the host, Shankar Vedantham, is fantastic. Like I said, it spoke straight to me from the heart, in the heart, Whatever the damn saying is, it spoke spoke to my heart because it's an experience that I have had almost identically in my life and something that happened to me recently and is the reason for my entire life transformation that occurred uh, within the last year and a half, I would say. I would say maybe less than that. Probably took me about a year to realize I was having a life transformation and that shit was hitting the damn fan. And then I started to actually have the transformation, which maybe has been going on perhaps six months. So let's cut to the chase. Scarcity. Scarcity is something that we are lacking in our lives. We have scarcity in some place. Scarcity affects people who are poor. It affects busy people. It affects lonely people, at least those three, because those are the three that they're talking about in this podcast. And what scarcity does is it hacks your mind hijacks your mind and it takes control so that you you don't really have any other bandwidth any resources to use for anything else now i really don't i never really appreciated the term bandwidth when related to resources i i worked in corporate america for so long anytime there was a reason for something not getting done the reason was usually that they lacked bandwidth or we don't have the bandwidth it was so overused that i began i just really started to resent the term in general but in this in this case we can use it for what it is and that is the allocation of resources of your brain your brain only has so much that it can focus on. And if it's consumed with an idea, a thought that's particularly having to do with one of these three that I just mentioned, you are poor in poverty, you are busy, or you are lonely, it's going to be completely consumed by those thoughts and it doesn't have the energy and the capacity to focus on anything else. Now, because time is such a valuable part of our lives, something that we never get back, something that's decreasing every day and we're trying to optimize it every turn, being busy and having the scarcity of your brain that was a result from being busy is something that I really want to focus on today. And we'll get to it a bit here in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about what scarcity does to your brain. There was a study and the study was done after World War II. I love talking about studies. Have you guys noticed? I think it's really an important thing to reference when you're trying to educate people, teach them about something, or if you just want to have like a nice, fun, healthy debate or discussion, which I love to do with other people. It's easy. It's fun and easy to reference these studies so that they can better understand where you're coming from. And it's great if you are like me and obsessed with finding out about these studies because you, I tend to be on the up and up and kind of paying attention to where this research is going because I listen to all of these all the time. So it really helps to put together my ideas and glue them all in and sort of like paste them all together so that in ways that make sense and kind of connect the dots, which is why the, also the inside of my house is covered with things all over the wall as I try to connect these dots. And people tell me that I look like a serial killer, but really I'm just trying to connect dots and, and figure some things out from the research and the study. So I digress. Back to the study. After World War II, shortly after, Europe was facing a lot of famine problems and people were really hungry. And so they there were some researchers at the university, I believe in Minnesota, that wanted to take advantage 
advantage of this opportunity and decided to start doing some research to examine exactly what starvation did to the body and to the mind. And so they had 36 people who men who participated in this study, and they had they went through a starvation diet for the course of a year. And through the course of the year, they had horrible results, of course, because they're fucking starving to death. They could they could had to have seat cushions for their butts because they were so bony. Ow. And then they also um, they couldn't lift their arms to wash their hair. And I didn't really understand that at first, but I imagine that it's just because their arms were so fucking heavy because they had no strength and like because they weren't eating enough. Ugh, sounds horrific, right? So they did this study, and what they found is that the minds of these starving men, the only thing they could think about was food. All their conversations were about food, 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 food. They watched movies, all they remember other food, all they could think about with the meals, even were comparing recipes and ideas and like giving awards for the different recipes that they saw in these different newspapers. I mean, how pathetic is that? They were just so hungry, these poor guys. So the point being that when you have something that is scarce, in this case, food, it consumes your thoughts. There's also a reason why people who have less money often knows where the best often know where the best deals are, where the best coupons and discounts are, because they're really connected with how to save money in their everyday life. It's something that's, you know, consuming their thoughts because they don't know where their their next, you know, check or their next income is going to come from and, you know, so on. The overarching point being that scarcity today begets behaviors that lead to even more scarcity tomorrow, which brings me to the time and the point that really struck a chord in my heart from this episode of Hidden Brain. And that is the example that they give of a young woman who's really obsessed with being a success in her professional life. And she, I believe she's studying to be a doctor and her her schedule is really grueling and she's working many, 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 many hours a week. And that's all that she can focus on is just being successful in her career. And so as a result, things that weren't helping her be successful in her career were really omitted from her lifestyle because if they weren't aiding in that, they, she really wasn't interested. So they got to a point where she was only going to work for, you know, 15, 12 hours a day and coming home and exercising and working out and sleeping. And that was it. Everything else was completely cut off from her life. Turns out this girl actually suffers from some anorexia historically in her life. And so she started to take on a lot of the characteristics that she had when she was anorexic. So she started eating only fruits and vegetables, she says, with a cliff bar every now and again. And then she started exercising for three hours a day and then just going to sleep. And her her apartment was was really messy. She didn't have any groceries and she hadn't unpacked after she'd moved. And and the, the point comes where she she forgot to pay her, her energy bill. And so she didn't have any electricity. And so she's really, really focused on all of these things. Now, side note, this is where it really came into play for me because in my former life, before I had my transformation, like a butterfly, in my former life, I was really, really obsessed with being successful as well. And the the path towards success for me always meant doing a really, really great job and always being really, really connected to work, which meant that I was available all the time, which meant that if they jumped, I said, how high? And which meant that I spent a lot of time at work and consumed in the thought of work and doing better at work. And if anything happened to me that could be perceived as even the most minor failure or flaw in my performance, I took it very, very hard because it was my sole purpose at that time to be a, a, a great professional, an immaculate professional so that I could grow and prosper and grow in my career and become president of VP, uh, a CEO, um, sit on the board of several companies. I had very, very lofty ambitions and goals for myself, and I saw this happening to other people, and so I knew that it was indeed possible. So anything that was distracting me from achieving those goals was really, really limited in my life. The time that I did spend outside of doing those things was just to release, and that was a whole other issue that we'll get to for, for a moment. But back to the girl on Hidden Brain, the young woman on Hidden Brain, her story, and she goes into anorexia. Now, I did not suffer from anorexia, but I did work out every single day like I was in the military. If I missed working out, I was really pissed off about it. And 
even when I was traveling for work, I would still go back. As soon as I got the plane, you know, I would go and work out at the gym and grab a coffee or whatever. Like I had to get it in. It was my sense of control to make sure that I was doing everything that I can to be the utmost success in my professional life, which is the same thing that this woman did. She did so much, in fact, that she ends up, you know, forgetting her energy bill. Her house looks all shitty and a mess. And she's working out three hours a day and surviving on broccoli florets or whatever. And she ends up almost forgetting to give a diabetic patient. She was doing her residency now, I remember. She almost forgets to give a diabetic patient his insulin when he's admitted to the ER, which she ends up remembering and everything was okay. But when she realizes that she almost forgot, she's scared shitless because for a diabetic to not receive their insulin, especially if they're type 1, is very, very detrimental. Could could lead to their death, ultimately. It's really, really important. And so she acknowledges the situation that she's in. She ends up going to get treatment. So she takes herself out of the residency program and admits herself to get treatment. Now, the treatment part is what I think is the most interesting and what really spurred the transformation for myself. Because at her treatment, one of the things that they had to do every single day is just sit still, do nothing. They couldn't stand up. They couldn't do jumping jacks. They couldn't do squats. They could do nothing. They had to sit still. And she said that was absolutely the worst part for her. Same for me. She said that she felt completely useless. She's like, if I'm not doing something productive, then what's the purpose in life? Which this is the part that even as I say it now, I get goosebumps and my heart starts racing because when I got laid off and I was left without a job and I was I was forced to sit still, I I got pushed into the treatment that she put herself in essentially is what life is what life gave me. And I was forced to sit still and I because nobody was emailing me. Nobody was texting me. I applied to 280 jobs and I got zero. Nobody was calling me like I had given my career all of my energy. And when I didn't have that as an option and I just had to sit still, I felt useless. I felt completely unproductive. I I felt like I didn't have a purpose. And I distinctly remember soon after I got laid off, driving out to White Rock Lake, which if you don't live in Dallas, it's this one water feature that we have pretty much in the city. And it's a, it's a really beautiful lake. And I remember driving out to the lake. I'm like, I just need to be by the water and take a walk and talking to a friend and crying to him and just saying, I, I just don't have a purpose. Like, what is my purpose? And I'm just thinking, am I going to drive to the lake every day? Like, what the hell am I going to do? Oh, it was gut-wrenching. It was really gut-wrenching. But that's what started my transformation. And that's what did it for her as well is that she started to emerge from the tunnel vision that her that her focus had been in just her professional life you know and the scarcity of time and just being so busy and consumed with that to see what else that she was missing and to be able to really actually set herself up for the success that she wanted so desperately to achieve and in order to achieve all of these things you know we all need relaxation we need time to sleep we need time with ourselves and that's what she t- was taught in this in this treatment center is to, to schedule this time for herself and so she said now she has a couple times a week where she takes just the evening for herself and she won't make any plans and she's strict about this and she does whatever makes, you know, watches a movie or what have you. She also, this is my favorite part too. She also, she also turned her work office into an art room. So instead of it being an office, it's just an art room. So she loved to paint when she was a kid and she used to turn it into an art room with, you know, an easel and all these different watercolors and paints and chalks and just a place where she can go in and just make art, which sounds amazing. Can you imagine having that in your room? As an adult, and I say that as an adult because I want like adult size things, not just like my friend who happened to have a kid room, even though that would be cool too. But I mean it precisely to be for for adults. And when you have company over, you can be like, hey, let's come in here and just like make some shit. That would be so dope. Secondly, 
I had a similar experience as well in that, you know, I had kind of a work office and then I always had my computer out and like, you know, look kind of like my 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 desk at work. But now it's it's consumed with things for this podcast. It's consumed with things for my book. It's consumed with things that inspire me. And it looks, like I said, like a serial killer is like planning things out all over the walls until you actually read them. And they talk about, you know, Epicurus and different philosophers or what have you. But at any rate, I love the connection that I made there with her and her journey and getting her her life back essentially and she was able getting her time back really is what it is she was able to find success by taking time for herself getting enough sleep and so on and I just say too that when I was really busy before my transformation when I was always busy in work and always working out and making sure that I had everything on time and I was just so fucking regimented I was such an asshole I was really impatient in traffic I drove like a maniac I mean I, I always thought people you know time is money and don't waste my time so I was really strict about people being late or, or canceling plans and it just made me an asshole in general like I was way too high strung and just thought that I was in a different caliber because I was so focused on work and other people weren't it, it was it was disheartening and I, I I would never have said that or realized that if I hadn't gone through the changes that I've gone through and come out the other side and seen such a difference, which is the same thing that this young woman is talking about, too, is she saw such a, a difference in her ability once she got out of treatment, her ability to enjoy being around others, like different occasions and things, which is exactly how I felt. Like, I just, I felt like if my time wasn't maximized for either having fun with my closest friends, it had to be work. And that's why I was so upset about traffic. That's why I was so upset about grocery shopping. That's why I was so upset about everything that didn't fall into one of those two columns. I knew a little bit that I needed to spend time with my friends, so I made some some time for that, but mostly my life was about work. And a lot of my t- a lot of my time with my friends was me talking about my work, which is fucking annoying as fuck. Side note, by the way. That's the point. That's that's the ex- <laughs> that's the example that I want to share with people if you're out there and you are feeling really really consumed by work. Perhaps it's this sit still time that is needed for you too. And hopefully you don't have to experience it the way that I had to experience it or the way that this young woman had to experience, but perhaps just acknowledging how much time you actually spend with your work occupying your mind might lead you to figure out exactly where you are in this story and where you fit in and where your life might be similar. Or maybe it's not similar at all. That would be great too. I don't wish it on anybody. But my my point here is to is to offer my experience and offer the knowledge that I have from this podcast to help people and to help you feel less weird or less crazy too. Because when I first started hearing this stuff, I was like, holy shit, finally I'm hearing somebody that's like me. So that's the only goal here, to do more good. Now, the last thing I want to leave you with is the, the last thing that they finished the show with on Hidden Brain as well, which in the cases of loneliness and poverty, you can't go to a treatment center and rid yourself of these situations. It's not something that you can just go on vacation and all of a sudden you're going to be less lonely or all of a sudden you're going to be less poor. That's not the way it works. So in these situations, what they offer and what I think is a great action plan and a great problem problem solver option to, to solve this this problem is something having to do, something that they learned from airplane pilots. So the airplane pilots actually became safer pilots and the and air, and the airplane industry became safer in general as a result of this is that they changed the co- cockpits, cockpits, that's like a new great word if it's not being used already, but I'm talking about cockpits. They changed the cockpits to be fault tolerant so that when the pilots make a mistake, it alerts them of the mistake and that's it. 
There's no grade. There's no problem associated with this. You're not deemed a bad pilot if you make a mistake in the cockpit. It just lets you know that you made one. Simple as that. So what they propose at the end of the show is that, for example, in cases where in cases of poverty, where people may not be able to get to school on time or maybe not even get there a couple days a week because the, the bus schedule is off because their kid gets sick and they don't have daycare because their kid's running late. Who knows what's going on? Instead of making it such a strict schedule, if you, you have to show up here at 8, if you show up at 8.05, you can't come in. Instead of making it so if, if you miss one day, you can't catch up on the fourth day. Why don't we make it so if they do miss one day or two days, the program is set up so that they can still catch up on the fourth day. Instead of thinking that, oh, I miss one day or, oh, I miss two days, why would I show up on the fourth day knowing that I'm not going to be able to catch up? It's going to be futile. I'll have no idea what they're talking about. Isn't that a great solution? I thought so. They call it absent tolerant or absence tolerant, which is it's really fantastic. They say, too, that a lot of people end up, when they're talking about poverty or talking about different solutions for for these ailments uh, for society, they like to be really, really preachy about it, which it's not as if people are in poverty because they don't know what to do. It's that they lack the resources in order to do it. And it's because their minds are being consumed with getting out of poverty and trying to make money so they're not as focused on different things. And actually, it was, it was proven in another research study that when scarcity is at play, people actually perform less well on IQ tests. And it's just because your mind is completely consumed with the item that is scarce. The scarcity consumes the mind. One last thing I want to leave you guys with too is just the idea. I know I've mentioned it before and I mentioned it all over this podcast, but I really want to close with the idea that when you are so obsessed with work, when I was so obsessed with work, I had no room in my mind for anything else. And the hardest thing for me to do was to chill. I had no chill. I'm working on getting my chill and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. To sit still, to be in the present moment, to read a book and to really enjoy the time that you have right now is a skill. And we have to train our minds to be able to do that. And I'm fortunate that I've come a long, long fucking way in my journey to figuring out how to do this. And I'm starting to get a tiny bit of chill. I'm working on a lot more. I heard a really great story from a, a friend recently about, about the ant and the grasshopper and about some people are ants and some people are grasshoppers and some people are ants and they just look down and they're working all the time. And, you know, by the time the, the winter comes around, they have a nice a house built and they're all nice and safe and sound. And then the grasshopper over here just playing his, his fiddle legs in the grass and having a great time trying to tell the ant, hey, come on, come on, enjoy, come on, enjoy. But by the time the winter comes around, the grasshopper's like, hey, where can I come? Can I come inside with you? And the ant's like, no, sorry, there's no room for you. So do you want to be an ant or do you want to be a grasshopper? All my life I was an ant and now I want to be a grasshopper. Of course, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It's not one's good or bad. And of course, there needs to be a balance of both. So I don't want to get too caught up in this analogy, really. The point is, just want to do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to episode 12 of Amber on Podcast. It has been a joy and a pleasure serving you today. As always, you can find the show notes at mytalkingdollars.com. You can email me there, send me a note. You can also follow me on Instagram. My name is Amber Camille Ligon. Facebook, same name, Amber on Podcast. Join the group. Give me a like. Follow me. Send me a tweet. I love all the attention. I just want to know how you're doing. Please tell me you love me. And until next time, please do more good for more people most of the time. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Free.
Freakonomics. Freakonomics is the podcast that I want to recommend this week. I've talked about it before on the show. It is really great, especially recently, because they've been doing this whole series on CEOs. And that's where I got the inspiration to do the Glass Cliff episode about women as CEOs and in management and business. Freakonomics takes economics and takes what's going on in society and puts it into a nice little ball that's easy to digest. And, and even though the name and the and the subject matter might sound a little bit intimidating, it is not. I promise you, they're pretty short. There's been, like I said, a really, really great series recently um, talking about the life of the CEO. I covered it a little bit here on my show. I will link it in the show notes so you can visit mytalkingdollars.com for those. Check out Freakonomics hosted by Stephen Dubner. He's a shit. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.